You know, I, I love um, the, just the words and the thought there that, that God, his love, Jesus, will never stop running after us. That he's going to constantly run and run and run towards us. And, and I know the song is a new song, uh, so the melody might be new, but the truth of Jesus running after us, that's not going to change, and that's a long time coming, all right? So, so here's what I want to do. I want to pray, um, and then when we're done praying, don't sit down yet, all right? So pray with me. Jesus, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you that we can come together, that we can worship together. I thank you that your love chases after us, I pray that we would turn and we would receive it. In your name, amen, amen. Hey, so today during the message, we're going to talk about getting personal. Uh, so I, I'm going to do something we don't normally do. I, I want us to take a second and get personal. Now, every now and then I'll say, yeah, hey, say hello to somebody, shake their hand. Today I actually want you to take time to get to know somebody, all right? And some of you are like, well, I, I don't want to. Well, go to the bathroom, go get a cup of coffee, go do what you want to do there. But for the rest, just take a moment. I'm going to get off the stage, so take about a minute, greet some people around you. Oftentimes, you sit around the same people. You just might not know them, or maybe there's somebody new you don't recognize, or maybe you're single and you see somebody on the other side of the room. Do whatever you need to do. Get personal right now. Go. All right, all right, all right, that's good. You've been nice enough. Quit being nice, okay? Um, <laughs> you guys good today? Everybody good today? Man, it's good to see you. I want to welcome you here. Maybe if you're new with us at The Rock, thank you for taking time this Sunday morning and showing up and being a part of it. Uh, I do encourage you, if you are new with us, make sure you uh, stop by our connect wall on your way out. Uh, use that QR code in front of you. Get connected. And, and I'll tell you this, I, I'm excited to be back with you today. Uh, last Sunday, I was gone. I was actually speaking at one of my closest friend's church. He's a pastor down in Tampa. And while I was there, I realized something that kind of blew my mind, all right? Now, it might not mean much to you, but to me, it was kind of crazy. While I was preaching to his church, I realized it's been nine years since I preached at a different church on a Sunday morning that wasn't called The Rock. 
Like for nine years, like every Sunday, if I'm preaching, I'm preaching here or one of our other campuses. And, and it's just so weird because I used to, as a full-time job, travel to different churches every Sunday and preach and, and, and to realize, wow, it's been that long. Um, and it was great. I loved it, loved being there with my buddy and, and his family. And it's a good church, but there's nothing like being home and preaching to your people. You know what I'm saying? Like, like as crazy as the road used to be when I traveled it and as exciting as it, it, it doesn't hold a candle to being able to preach every week to, to, to a family that, that you get to be a part of. And part of it is simply this, that you guys will laugh with me. You know what I mean? Like either I'm not that funny and you all just love me or that his church is a little quiet. It's one of those. I don't know. But it's good to be home. And it's good to dive back into this series that we're calling Finding the Way. And the whole point of finding the way is that we're, we're trying to look at what it means to find and follow the way of Jesus. And I don't know if you've recognized this or if you know this, but Jesus, um, well, let me say it this way. There's a lot of people interested in Jesus right now. Like, like, like if you just look culturally uh, around America, around the world, there's a lot of people interested in Jesus. I, I'm not saying there's a lot of people going to church. Majority of people definitely go, don't go to church. The majority of people do not have an authentic walk with Jesus. But there's a lot of interest in who Jesus is. There's a lot of interest in Jesus. And you can see it, just look at Hollywood. That, that movies like uh, The Jesus Revolution has been huge. Um, you look at the TV show or the movies from the Chosen series. It's been huge. Uh, there's another movie coming out in February. I got to uh, talk to some of the people who are uh, instrumental in putting it on on Monday and Tuesday. I was at a conference in Nashville, and uh, Hillary Swank is going to be uh, the main actress in it. And all statistics, pre-showings, everybody says it's going to be massive. And it's a movie all about Jesus and and, and and, and Christians coming together to live on mission. So, so we see it through our culture. Uh, how about this one? Anybody remember the He Gets Us commercials? Anybody see those at, at, at Super Bowl? Okay, only a couple of y'all. Kind of surprised that, that maybe, maybe you saw it and you didn't even recognize it, that there was a couple commercials at, on, the, at, on, on the Super Bowl. And uh, a couple guys that I'm acquainted with, they were kind of the brainchild, brain children behind this movement. And now you can go to the website. It's called He Gets Us. There's some incredible videos on there. But here, I bring it up for this reason, that their commercial... Um, according to the people that do all the surveys, and I don't know how they do that, but obviously they, they do it every year when they're re, uh, like reviewing uh, Super Bowl commercials. The He Gets Us commercial had the greatest impact of any commercial in Super Bowl history. Why? Because people were interested in who this Jesus guy is. There's something interesting about him that draws people in. And that's the whole reason we're doing this series is because I know that there's some of you who are in the crowd, you're like, I don't really know about church. I, I don't really know about this whole faith walk. But man, I really want to know more about this Jesus guy. 
And I want you to know more about Jesus. I want your friends to know more about Jesus. I want us to be able to have conversations more about Jesus. But, but it's not just about Jesus. It's about what Jesus expects of us. That, that Jesus says that if you're going to find me and follow me, there is a way in which I want you to do it. So each week we've talked about what Jesus expects out of us. Uh, in week two, we talked about how Jesus expects us to respond. That, that there should be a, a moment where we say yes to Jesus. Yes to who he is. Yes to what he's done. And we respond through re- repentance and, and baptism. Uh, they're, they're, in week three, Clay on this campus talked about how rescued people rescue people. That, that if you've been rescued, that if you've responded to God's grace, then, then it should um, it should put in our hearts and in our minds that we should therefore rescue other people along the way, uh, against the way, across the way, that rescued people rescue people. Now, I want to give you one more R word this week, and that word is reproduce, that that if you are a person who is choosing to find and follow the way of Christ, then he expects us to reproduce what it is we have found. Now, that's a little different than rescue. I'll explain that in a second. But, but I want us to hit, like, what does it really mean to reproduce? Or, or why should we, we even reproduce? And, and I'll give you two, two ideas of that. And when I re- mean reproduce, what I mean is reproduce what you have found. Reproduce, or another way I could say it is to make disciples. And why would we reproduce? One, because healthy things reproduce. That's just common knowledge, right? Anybody have like weeds that show up in your landscape or around your house? Anybody? All right, like you, you, you with me right there? Like I can go out and I can pull those weeds every week, but they keep coming back. That no matter what I do, I'll pull them, and then a week or two later, there's that vine again. Because it's healthy, so it reproduces. The grass has to be cut every other week because healthy things reproduce. That you have trees that bear fruit, and a healthy tree will reproduce and bear more fruit and drop more seeds because that's what healthy things do. And the same is true of those of us who have chosen to follow Christ, that we should reproduce. That is a healthy part of our relationship with Jesus. And if you're not reproducing, meaning this, if you're not making disciples, if you're not helping other people find and follow the way of Christ, then it might be because you're not healthy. And I, and I know that kind of comes across a little harsh. You're like, Josh, you call me unhealthy? Well, no, I, I'm just quoting what Jesus said. Because Jesus said a good tree will produce good fruit, right? Jesus also said this, go into all the world and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded of you. So by that, what Jesus was saying is, go and make disciples, which means rescue people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and reproduce 
teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That you walk alongside, that you teach people how to follow the way of God, that you help people fully understand the way of God. So if we're not doing what Jesus said, which means we're not obeying him. And if we're not obeying him, then we're not healthy. And that's the reason I would say that anybody who is found in following the way, then we should be trying to reproduce what we have found in other people. Well, how do I do that? Like, how do I make disciples? Because that might sound scary. How, how do I be healthy? How do I help people grow? How do I help people understand the way of God? Well, fortunately, we don't have to figure it out. It's real simple. It's in God's word. And, and what I'm going to share with you today uh, really applies to everybody, okay? Because some of you are like, well, I don't have faith, so how do I reproduce faith? Well, you start by hoping that you get faith, that you choose to walk with Jesus. So there's a lot I'm going to say today that's just going to help you understand this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. And then there's those of us who have faith that we need to be able to say, well, I need to put it into play action, and I need to help reproduce that faith in others. And we're going to do it by looking at a story that until I preached this message, I had never preached this story in my life, which is crazy. 30 years of preaching, and there's a story in the book of Acts I had never communicated before. Read it a hundred times, you know, spent time in it, but never preached it. But, but when I was writing this message, it came to life, and I was like, wow, it is so good. And I believe it is so beneficial for each and every one of us. Now, the backstory of, of it is this. It comes from the book of Acts. So if you have a Bible, you can go to the book of Acts. It'll be the 18th chapter. It'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bible. And, and here's what we see in the story. We see three individuals. One's named Apollos. One's named Aquila. The other's named Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla, they are a married couple, okay? A husband and wife, and, and they came to know the Lord, to the best of our knowledge, through the Apostle Paul. That we at least know this, that while they were living in Corinth, Paul got personal with them. They, were, they, they got into a relationship. He probably led them to the Lord, probably. But we definitely know from that point, he discipled them, that he built tents with them, made tents with them. And then at one point, Paul said, I'm going to go to Ephesus. Why don't you guys come with me? So Priscilla and Aquila went to Ephesus to work with Paul and to do ministry. While they were in Ephesus, eventually the apostle Paul said, I'm going to go on to another town. You stay here and do ministry. And it was at that point that Apollos comes into the story. And we pick up the story there. So it's Acts chapter 18. You'll see it on the, on the screen here. Here's how it reads. It says this. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scripture well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexander in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord. And he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, he knew only of John's baptism. Now, I want us to, to see some things in this story. I'm, I'm going to go back to a verse. L look here. Here's what it says. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent, eloquent speaker, who knew the scriptures well, 
So, so the first couple things I want you to see about Apollos is that he was eloquent. That, that meaning he knew how to put words together, okay? Now, he also knew the scriptures very well. So he's eloquent. He knew the scriptures. Let's read some more about him. It says he had been taught the way of the Lord. And he taught others about Jesus with enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. So I, I want you to see everything about Apollos. I want you to see that here's a guy who is going around to different cities telling people about Jesus. And did it with great enthusiasm. Did it with great fervor. Did it with eloquent words. Like, like he's the kind of guy that, that you would hear and go, oh, I, I want to listen in. Like, like he could come and, and people would gather and they'd be like, man, I want to hear what he has to say. Man, there's something about him, all right? So, so he had great influence. But notice this next part. He only knew about John's baptism. That, that, that everything that he would tell people about Jesus was a little short-sighted. He could tell people about Jesus being the Lamb of God. He could tell people about Jesus' ministry. But because he only knows about John's baptism, uh, what that means is that, that he was probably a follower of John the Baptist originally. Like, he might have been there on the day that Jesus was baptized by John. He might have heard J John say that, that he's the Messiah. But everything past that, he had no knowledge of. So when he would go around telling people about Jesus, he was forgetting the most influential part of Jesus' story, and that's the death, burial, and resurrection. Now, before I go any further about reproducing your faith, i got to pull one little thing out of this story. That even though he was an influencer, he didn't influence people adequately. And I think there's some of us in the room, I think there's some of us watching on demand and online, that you have people in your life who are influencing you, but they might not be influencing you adequately. Like this, Jen, like young adults, high schoolers, like, like I really want you to lean into this point. Because I think that there's many of you who have influencers in your life. You might have influencers through social media. You might have influencers uh, on your team. You might have influencers in, in, in your school, or in, in your dorm. That you have influencers in your life. But just because somebody is an influencer doesn't mean they're going to influence you adequately. And that's Apollos. I mean, he's a great man. He's doing great things. But there's a portion of his sermons that he's not getting right because he only knows of John's baptism. I'll get to that more in a second. Let me keep going. It says, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Priscilla and Aquila heard him. They invited him into their home and they explained to him the way of God more adequately. Well, like... Priscilla and Aquila saw this dude. They heard what he had to say, and they're like, man, this guy's got it going. This guy is teaching with fervor. This guy, like, like, he is good at what he does, but he's missing the most important part of the story. 
So, so they said, we got to adequately prepare him. So I want you to know what they did. They invited him into their home to explain the way of God more adequately to him. And right there at the end of that story is everything I want to tell you today. That Priscilla and Aquila saw a guy, no matter how influential he was, who still needed a coach in his life. And I would say that to each and every one of us. No matter where you're at in life, just beginning to investigate Jesus, been walking with Jesus forever, you still need a coach in your life. You need somebody to help you understand the way of God more adequately. And Priscilla and Aquila, they did that for Apollos. How? How? And and again, this is where we're going to camp out the rest of the time. How did they do it? They got personal and they got practical. Like, it's that simple. That they saw a guy who was just a little short-sighted, had a little bit of the information of Jesus wrong. So they said, let's come alongside of him. Let's reproduce what we have in our life, in his life. Let's help make disciples. Let's help uh, teach him everything the Lord has commanded. Let's come alongside of him by getting personal and getting practical. And that's what I would encourage of each and every one of us. That if you're new in your faith, get personal, get practical. Let somebody invest in you. If you've been in your faith for a while, Get personal with others and get practical. And here's what I mean by that. Let's just talk about getting personal at first. That if you'll notice what happened in the text, that it says that that Priscilla and Aquila heard him speaking and then they went to him and invited him into their home. They got personal. Imagine what it would have been like if when Priscilla and Aquila heard Apollos talk and they're like, man, he's a little off on that. Imagine if, if he was in his fervor and he was preaching and teaching. And as soon as he got done, when he walked off the stage, what if they walked up to him and said, you know you have the whole story wrong. Can you imagine how that went? I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys know. I get a little fired up when I'm preaching, okay? Like my heart rate right now is like... And if I was to walk down right now, Chris, and as soon as I got down, you're like, hey, Pastor Josh, I just want you to know. All right, now, first of all, I never call myself Pastor Josh, but I can't get him to quit calling me Pastor Josh. So, so that's the only reason I'm saying this, because that's what you call me. If you just said, hey, Pastor Josh, I just want you to know, nice try, but that was all wrong. I'd be like, oh, really? Because in, in, my, in my humanism, right, in, my, in, in, in who, I, who I am as a human, like, like pride would swell up. I'd be like, oh, time out. That's not what Priscilla and Aquila did. Like, they didn't just call him on the carpet right there. They went up to him and said, hey, can we invite you into our home? Man, there's some things we'd love to tell you about Jesus, what we have heard and what we have found out. Would you, would you come and have a seat at our table? And when you invite people personally into your life, it gives you a whole lot more room to speak truth into their situation. Like, like you have somebody that, that you see them messing up in life, and if you just go walking up to them and go, hey, I want to I call you out on this, I'm just going to let you know right now that's probably not going to go real well. But if you have relationship, that changes everything. 
And that's what we see in Jesus. Jesus saw Zacchaeus and said, bro, pull up a chair. That, that Jesus went to Matthew and he said, pull up a chair. You have a seat at my table. That, that Jesus went to a bunch of different people and invited them into relationship. He didn't just preach a sermon and then stay off by himself. No, no, he invited people into his circle. That he invited some ladies into his circle. That he invited a, a group of dudes into his circle. He invited 12 guys real close to him to sit at a table every day to be in one-on-one -on -one relationship so he could explain the way of God more fully to them. Then he even took three of them, Peter, James, and John, and brought them in even tighter and said, let's talk about Jesus together. Or let's talk about the way of God more fully. That, that Jesus got personal. We see it with the Apostle Paul, that he got personal with Priscilla and Aquila, that, that he shared the way of God with them, that he started building tents together with them, that they went and did ministry together, that he got personal so that they could understand the way of God. So we see it with, with Jesus, we see it with Paul, and we see it with Priscilla and Aquila uh, and the way they were ministering to Apollos. We see that it works. Guys, I can tell you, when I first came to Christ, I knew nothing about Jesus. My youth pastor, Randy, him and his wife, Suzanne, said, you have a seat at the table. And they invited me to their kitchen table. And I ate family dinners with them. They let me have the spare room. And I spent the night over there all the time. And because that's how they invested in me, I thought, well, that's how I need to do ministry. So, so that's just how I did youth ministry. That I just... Constantly brought people into my circle, said, pull up a chair. Let's walk through this together. And, and I, I've got people in my life. My wife and I, one day, we, we started talking about it. In, in the course of our time, uh, Mary, that, that we've had 18 different people live with us at our house. Now, that doesn't include my kids or my family. That's just 18 different individuals who needed a place, and they pulled up a table. Now, once we did our adoption, we're like, we out of room. Right? You've been there. Like, I'd like to invite more in. We just didn't have room. But, but I learned from my youth pastor, the best way to disciple people is just bring them into relationship. So I can think of guys like Corey Hollensteiner and Josh Bailey, who are both pastors in Illinois right now, who just grew up having a seat at my table, who sat in the car, drove all over America, doing ministry together. And I want to invite you, pull up a chair at the table. You know, we just got done at the 10 o'clock hour doing what we call Pathway. And Pathway is a way for you to get involved at church. And, and the way we do it is, sure, we watch a little video. But as soon as that video is done, people are sitting around a table together getting personal. I think about our Regen Recovery Ministry. It meets on Tuesday nights, and, and they'll have a time like this where there's teaching like this. But then they immediately go, and they sit in a circle, and they get personal. I think about our middle school ministry, our high school ministry, our young adult ministry, that sure, there'll be some worship and teaching at different times, but the whole ministry is based on getting a coach in your life and getting personal with one another, sitting in a circle and sharing so that we can grow, that, that I think about ministries that we run. That ministries, the whole point of a ministry is so that you can serve shoulder to shoulder with somebody so that you can understand the way of God more fully. See, Timmy, at the beginning of service, if you're here, he, he talked about on our Conway campus, we could easily use 100 more VIPs. 
volunteers, vision-inspired people. We could easily use 100 more people uh, to serve in kids' ministry, to help with production, to, to, to work in the parking lot, to serve coffee, to clean bathrooms, you name it. Like There are spots available, and we need you. But more than that, I want it for you. Because when you serve, you come to understand the way of God more fully. Because one, you're serving like Jesus, but secondly, you're serving shoulder to shoulder, just like Jesus did with the disciples, just like Paul did with with Priscilla and Aquila, just like Priscilla and Aquila did later on with Apollos, That, that when you serve shoulder to shoulder, you're able to help other people find and follow the way of Christ more adequately, but also you can as well. Because as you pour into others, people are pouring into you. So I want you to do that. Now, I don't want this just to sound like a church announcement right there. I don't want it just in church things. I see so many college students here. You got guys on your team. You got, you got guys and gals you, you live with, your dorms, your, 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 your plazas, and areas like that. What, what if you got personal there? What if you started thinking like, man, I'm going to think about the people who live across the hall. I'm going to think about people who live across the street. I'm going to think about the people who check their mail at the same time I do. And I'm going to start getting personal. That, that for high school students and what you're going to school, you're, you're playing sports, you're working, you can get personal with people. Those of us who live in neighborhoods, that, that you have neighbors that live across from you and beside you, what would happen if we started getting personal with one another so that we can get practical? See, that, that's what Priscilla and Aquila did. They got personal. Come have a seat at my table. And now let me practically help you follow the way of Christ more fully. And I know as soon as I say that, some of us will, will start to get anxious. We're like, man, I, I wouldn't know what to say to somebody. Like, I, what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? Like, like, what if I step into a relationship and they start asking me about the Bible? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just here. Or what if you start serving and somebody's like, will you help me with this? And you're like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, we get anxious because we're like, man, I, I just don't know the answers. I don't know what I'd say. Look at Priscilla and Aquila. They just explained the way of God more adequately. That they just helped fill in the gaps for Apollos. Now, I don't know everything that they shared with him. But I know two things they shared because of what we hear through the rest of his story. One, they explained the Savior. They helped Apollos just understand Jesus. They didn't get real philosophical They actually probably looked at him and said, you have so much of the story right. Yes, Jesus came. Yes, he is the Lamb of God. Yes, he was baptized and the Father showed up and said, that's my son. Yes, 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 yes. But you're missing the best part of the story. And I can imagine Apollos in that moment going, the best part of the story? How is it better than that? And they go, do you know about his death? No. Do you know that he died on a cross? For you, so that you could be saved? You you see, he had part of the story, but not the whole story. So they explained to him that Jesus died, was buried, 
that three days later he rose from the dead, and, and then he showed himself to everybody uh, for, for, for the next 40 days that he made appearances. And we have books upon books upon books that record this. And then he said, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send my spirit. And 10 days later, the Holy Spirit came. Can you imagine Apollos hearing this message going, wow. I, I can just picture Priscilla and Aquila saying that he died for all the bad that you've done and all the good that you need. And that's what Jesus did for each and every one of us. And Apollos hears that story of Jesus of the Savior. And I want to encourage you just to do the same thing. Get personal with people and simply tell them about your Savior. And then point them to the Scriptures. That, that again, that, that we see in the story that, that they explain the way of God more adequately, that, that they help them understand the Savior and the Scriptures. And, and back then, you got to remember, the words that we get to read in the New Testament hadn't been written yet. So the scriptures they would have pointed him towards was all of the Old Testament verses that all pointed towards Jesus. Isaiah 53, Isaiah 61, Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and over and over and more and more. That they pointed him towards scriptures. And I encourage you in the same way, you want to reproduce your faith, you want to make disciples, help people follow what Jesus taught and said. Just point him to the scriptures. And you might go, man, there's a lot of scriptures I don't understand. Yeah, me too. There's a lot I don't get that, that <clears throat> I don't understand it. You don't understand it. But I can see in the scriptures <clears throat> how they point us towards Jesus. And everything it says is beneficial. Look at 2 Timothy. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. <clears throat> that all scripture, it's all breathed by God. It's all useful. So that we can be thoroughly equipped to do everything that God has called us to do. And what has God called us to do? To find and follow his way. So I want to encourage you today. Get personal and get practical. Practical simply means focus on our Savior and his scriptures. Because it's the way of life. Now, how do I wrap up this message? The way I'd like to do it is simply encourage each and every one of us to get a little bit of Apollos and a little bit of Priscilla and Aquila in us. See, every one of us, if we're going to find and follow the way of Christ, if we're going to reproduce and make more disciples, well, we've got to have a little bit of Apollos and a little bit of Priscilla and Aquila in us. See, we need a little bit of Apollos because Apollos was passionate about Jesus. Even though he didn't fully understand Jesus, he was passionate about Jesus. 
And, and then when Priscilla and Aquila pulled him aside, I want you to notice what he did. He humbled himself. And he listened to what others had to say. He listened to those that he was now in relationship with. And then he surrendered to what it was they were saying. And I want you to think from his perspective how difficult that could have been. Because he could have said, wait, 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 time out. Are you saying in all the preaching I've been doing, I've been wrong? Like it would have been real easy for him to be prideful. It would have been real easy for him to say, I'm not going to listen to you. But instead, he humbled himself. And he said, I really want to know who Jesus is. I want the full story. I I, want to adequately follow him, accurately follow him. I I don't want just a Hollywood version of Jesus. I don't want just just a, a, a Sunday school version of Jesus. I want the biblical version of Jesus so I can fully and adequately and accurately follow him. That's what he wanted. And I want you to think about this. When they told him, he said yes. He humbled himself and said, I get it. And think about Apollos. He was an eloquent, bold, powerful preacher without the Holy Spirit. Imagine what he was like after he turned his life over to Christ and got filled with the Holy Ghost. Right? Imagine the power that he had then. So what would your life look like if you didn't just know a little bit about Jesus, but you fully understood and got Jesus? You don't get that on your own. You got to have some people helping. And this is good, but we need to go a step further and get personal so that we can walk that out. So everybody needs a little Apollos in them. And everybody needs a little of Priscilla and Aquila. Because Priscilla and Aquila, what do we see in them? One, they allowed Paul to invest in them. And then they took what Paul had invested in them. And they went and invested it and reproduced it in Apollos. So we need to have a little bit of Priscilla and Aquila. Because we need to reproduce what we have found in others. So that they can find and follow the way as well. So today, I'm going to ask you, do both. If you've never responded to Christ, be like Apollos and, reply, and respond to him. If, you, if, if you're not investing in discipling others, be like Priscilla and Aquila and start investing in others and allowing others to invest in you. So do me a favor. Let's stand up right now, and we're going to go into this time of response, and it's a time to get personal. Our response time, I believe it's the most important part of our service because it's when you really get personal with our Savior. Communion is available, and you can get personal. That our prayer walls are available, and you can go and pray, or you can take that card out in front of you. You can write out a prayer and take and place it in the prayer wall. That you can go to the connect corner, and you can pray with somebody, and you can say, I need to get personal with Jesus. I need Jesus as my Savior. That you can take a step of baptism, and you can take, get personal with Jesus that way. And, and get practical, and simply follow what he told you to do, and take the step of baptism. 
You can sing and you can worship and you say, I just want to run to the Father because the Father's been running and running and running and running after me. And I want to run to Him. And I want to get personal with Him. So I invite you to do that right now. Let's get personal. And let's get practical by focusing on Him and His Spirit.